This week's episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by Rogue Reels. Uh, I interviewed him not too long ago. You can go back and take a look at that episode, but Rob's been making some seriously awesome rigs. Uh, I know Smitty's using them from Smitty Surf Fishing. I use them when I'm going red hunting and after some bigger stuff. Uh, he is making some great things. So, highly recommend. Go take a look at Rogue Reels. You won't be disappointed. There's some great rigs, and uh, I'm really pl- proud to be associated with them, seriously. So, all right, here we go. Let's get into this episode, shall we? I've talked about shark fishing before. And it's kind of funny because you can go on any social media platform and shark fishing is borderline taboo to some. And to others, it's the thrill. I mean, it's the ultimate tug of the drug. It's a seriously monster animal and a hell of a great fight. But there's so much more to shark fishing than just catching it and saying, all right, cool, I did it. And tonight, we're going to talk to Yakin' with Jack, Jack Moran. So, all right, everybody, sit down, get those notepads ready. And if you're at the beach, hope you got that sunscreen on, because it's going to be a minute. All right, you're listening to Find a Demo Surf Fishing. Let's get after it. All right, all right, all right. I wish I was that cool. Anyway, all right, everybody. We're back into a new week, new episode coming to your ears. And this week, like I said, yeah, we're talking about shark fishing. So if that's not your thing, hey, I get it. But there is more to this episode than just shark fishing, I assure you. Jack Moran has been well-known in our area for his fishing prowess. The guy is seriously on fire. You catch him in the yak. His name is Yakin' with Jack on uh, YouTube. You can definitely go back and take a look at that. Fish, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, he, he's got it all on there. But he's also showing you how he's doing these things all throughout the time. It's not just, you know, lip service. He's really giving you the whole deal. So, seriously, it, it's really worth your time. And I, I'm glad that he's given us the time tonight to have a conversation on the channel. So, without further ado, Jack, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Uh, no problem, man. What's going on? Uh, fun and excitement all day talking about fishing. Yeah, I just want to say um, that intro we did in the first take, that was pretty good. It usually takes about 10 takes to do an intro. (laughs) And the worst part is they're always on the fly. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have notes, but I mean, most of my notes are always about the questions and making sure I get all the stuff and important information down. But yeah, some other times it's just comes out of my head and thinks, you don't know, because nine times out of ten, it's always the truth. I mean, I've embellished a yeah. little on some people's, like my own, but not yours. <laughs> <laughs> All hey, right. man, we fish a minute, it happens. <laughs> I caught a fish this big. I'm gonna, I don't know what happened, man. It was there. I saw it. It landed on the beach. I just didn't get my phone out. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, all the social media, I've got you Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, with Yakking with Jack. Uh, what else? Are you Ooh. on the uh, the TikTok? I'm the, I'm on the TikTok. You're on the TikTok? Yeah, I'm on the TikTok, and it's doing pretty good actually. I think it's had two videos with over a million views actually. Damn! Recently. Way to yeah, go, man! It's crazy. Actually, it's pretty easy. A lot easier than YouTube, so I'll take it. Nice. Yeah, I, I just got on there, and I'm I still don't know how I'm going to put a podcast into a video. So I, I've seen I haven't seen yours yet. I'm going to have to after this. I'll make sure I lock on and, and get involved with that because. If, it, if you're yeah, saying man. that we're a million, that's got to be really good then. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, a million views on videos, not a million followers. Oh, I mean, still yeah. a million that's, views that's is a, a million views is still a million views. Yes, sir, hundred <laughs> percent. So let let's go back because um, for those of you guys that don't know, Jack and I've been trying to schedule this for several months. We've always had conflicting schedules, so well, we got some old stuff here. But uh, on top of the social media, there's another piece that we didn't talk about: NavarreBeachSharkFishing.com. That's your home base website, right? Yes, sir. That's my business. And that's where people can go to book with you and send comms, but they can also calm on the other ones as well, right? Yes, sir. Right. I also have Navarre Beach Shark Mission on Facebook and all that, too, and Instagram. All right. All right. I'll make sure I update that and get that in the proper links and description. So let, let's let's wind the clock back here. So what is your history with fishing? How did it start and what got you into it? Oh, man, ever since I was a little snot-nosed kid, man, I was <laughs> I was in Mississippi with my grandpa. I used to go visit him every summertime, summer and just go catfishing. Like, he was work on catfish ponds, and I was spending from sun up to sundown just fishing, barefooted, no shirt on, just fishing, fishing, fishing. He could get me off the water. And it just kind of manifested into what it is today now. It's kind of like a like an addict, you know. I got yeah. a problem. I like to fish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are worse addictions to have, but fishing's a, fishing's yes, right up there. I get that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So it's catfishing, um, Mississippi, and then you yeah. moved over. All right, so then you got into surf fishing out here, right? Yes, sir. Actually, I started off, I used to start off fishing piers, actually, like Bob okay. Sides, Pensacola Beach Pier. Then I got older, got a job, and got a kayak, and started kayak fishing, and started learning, the, like, offshore mostly. Then I started learning inshore. Then I started shark fishing, and, like, I've been a big fan of sharks ever since I was a little kid, man. Jaws is my favorite movie. And, <laughs> you know, just started catching sharks, catching more sharks, catching more sharks, and boom, blew up into a business. Yeah, and hey, a lot of people don't know that part of Jaws was actually filmed here in Navarre. Yes, sir. Not Jaws 2 was filmed in Navarre, Navarre Beach. Right, 2. That's right. It wasn't one. Oh, <laughs> and it's funny, because me being from New England, you know, it, all that stuff talks about, oh, it happens in Massachusetts, and it's just like, no, never mind, I'm good. I don't need to go in the water, ever. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> I was scared to take bass after that movie. <laughs> And it's funny. I mean, if you think about the timeline back, you know, when we're kids, it's like, was this really a movie we should have watched? No. But you know, yeah. now it's like, eh, it happened. You, you guys want to watch it? Yeah. You mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, definitely not going to show my daughter that movie. Oh, I mean, I kind of want to for mine, just, you know, gain the power back. But I mean, you know, I still want her to go <laughs> fishing with me. So. Right. Um, so what was your first shark fishing experience? What, what, what got you there? Uh, very first one, I was believe I was in Alabama Point, and we were just fishing, and using this cut, cut mullet, and all of a sudden, you know, using not that big of gear, you know, like a 5500 or whatnot, just a little Carolina rig, and it hooked into my first, like, my very first shark I actually hooked, and it was like, I think it was Atlantic Sharp Nose, and I was like, man, I like catching sharks, and of course, we have the internet and YouTube, I'm looking up catching sharks, and seeing how other people do it around the country, you know, and I got into it, and it started blowing up from there. Nice. There's actually this one YouTuber that I watch, um, Sharky Sheppo. He actually shark fishes in Australia, and he just catches absolute monsters after monsters. I mean, teeners, like over 13-foot, over 1,000-pound tiger sharks and hammerheads on a regular. Holy crap, dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a legend over there in Australia. That's like the land of giants. 
Yeah, I mean, goals. I, I don't think <laughs> goals. Dang it, not gonna put a hashtag in there. All right, hold on. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything with Australia is always it, it is big. It's huge. They, they, they don't do anything small there. Well, if it's small, it's gonna kill you. Yeah. Most likely, <laughs> everything's I, deadly over there. <laughs> yeah. We had a uh, we had an Australian uh, pilot officer uh, do a transition with us in the Marine Corps. He was in my squadron uh, when we went on deployment. And it was great. He was explaining to us all about Australia. And basically, by the end of it, all I could hear is, so what you're saying, sir, is everything in Australia is going to kill you. He's like, yeah. I was like, I'm good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm really okay. Thanks. Appreciate you. It's true. I mean, hell, you've seen that. I don't know if, of course, people have seen the meme going around with a, anacondas down there grabbing a freaking crocodile from off the ledge. It's like, um, no. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. No. <laughs> Okay, so you first want Atlantic Sharpnose. That is a good fighter. That is a strong shark, surprisingly, for its size. Yes, sir. Uh, and then from there, it just kind of transitioned into the business. Yeah. Well, actually, I started fishing for myself more. Okay. Learned as much as I can. You know, I started off, you know, brand new, buying, like, senators, which is the reel you not really want to use after you're targeting, like, big sharks in our area because they're not that great of reels, uh, drag-wise. And I started using that and learned. I actually learned the hallway, man, just fishing, 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 you know, not catching anything, then learning what, like, what bait to use, what time of year to use the bait, what areas to drop it. And this finally started getting good. Things started to click and started catching more sharks after more sharks after more sharks, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like like your YouTube name says, Yakking with Jack, you are a sniper in your kayak. It's always fun to watch you. Uh, I know you and Lawless have been doing a ton of videos this year. You guys had a lot of really good runs. But, oh yeah. Um and I know that you don't use the exact same kayak to run your baits out because that would be heavy and painful. Uh you, yes. you use a pedal or a paddle kayak to run all your baits out, right? Yes, sir. I use a, a Cobra Explorer. Oh, no, a Cobra Navigator. It's a kayak kind of made for the California area for big surf. So it's made to cut through the surf and you can surf all the way back on on rough days, of course. Nice. Okay. So it helps you with cutting and through light, and all that. Super light. All right. Yeah. Makes sense. So you, you've learned all the stuff that, hey, look, I got to paddle my stuff out. And with, with, and I know we're talking surf fishing, but I got to ask, when it comes to your kayaking, um, when you're doing your, your pedal kayak, what are you using nowadays? My pedal uh, is an uh, old town, well, it used to be called a Predator, but now they, they um, rebranded it called the Big Water 132. Oh, okay. That's the one I have. Yes, sir. It's, uh, I'm a big fan of old town. Like, if you guys watch my later videos, they actually brought me out to ICAST and sent me in, like a new kayak when it first came out with the Topwater series. I got to use that, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love mostly with the customer service and the warranty. It's the best in the game. You can't beat it. Yeah. What was it five, five year on the pedal, lifetime on the mm-hmm. hull, a uh, yep. couple of years on all the other supporting equipment, if I remember correctly? Yes, sir. Yeah. It's a hard kayak to beat, that's for sure. Yeah, it just gets gets pretty heavy sometimes. Oh, oh, no doubt. <laughs> they're not like. <laughs> no, they're not. It's a great fishing machine for sure. I caught a lot of fish in it. Fished a lot of tournaments with them. Yeah, you definitely killed a lot today. I mean, how monster, monster black drum reds, uh, super bull reds this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheepies. What was the big sheepie you got this year? My biggest was tw- so far. I didn't really actually sheephead much as I usually do. Yeah. But it was 22 and three quarters, I believe, or 22 and a half. Yeah. That was so a good this is probably like an eight, eight pounder, you know, nothing crazy. It's not my biggest by far, but still a good one. Yeah, Respectable. Still, still a win. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a win. <laughs> I forgot about it. There was a win. <laughs> it's funny, though. You bring up because I'm looking here in my garage. I'm right next to my kayak, and I'm just looking at it. I'm like, don't worry. I promise. I'll take you out. As soon as I get the kayak trailer, you're going out with me. I promise. We'll go out. I, I used to car top mod. Uh, I hated myself for it. Oh, I can. Oh, dude. That sounds painful. <laughs> it was rough. I mean, just. I mean, when I bought mine, I went to Emerald Coast Bait and Tackle, and. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, they were watching me. It was Simon and Anna were in there. And they're like, well, how are you going to move it? I'm like, well, I'm just going to put it in the back of the CRV, man. <laughs> they kind of looked, down. They're like, how? I'm like, yep, watch this. And I did. I put the seats down. I put a pallet on the, because I got that trailer for the for the uh, cart. I put two pallets on there. I'm like, that's level enough. That'll do. <laughs> Ghetto as hell, man. But man, I learned a valuable lesson of how heavy that damn thing was. I'm like, uh-uh. This is a two-person thing. This is not a single-person carrier. 100%. Mm. All right. Sorry. As I'm flipping my jibs here, we're going on a normal rabbit hole of my happiness there. So let's get back into sharking. What made you want to start guiding? Um. Well, um, I'm not really sure. Like, I thought about it. I've been thought of, thinking about it for a while before I started and you know, of course, it's always scared to take that jump. You know, what are people going to say? Oh, you're taking people shark fishing. I mean, it's kind of frowned upon in some situations, you know. But um, I was thinking, hey, man, it sounds like a lucrative thing to do, you know. Uh, a lot of people come down here, and they always ask some questions. Hey, uh, I want to try to catch a shark. Um, what's the best way to do it? And why not make a guide service out of it and help people out and show people the right way to do it, uh, the right gear to use and how to properly release and reel in sharks. Yeah. Kind of like a teaching experience. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you telling me before, because that's one of the big things was the education. It was the same, uh, I think, uh, Blaine, or I'm sorry, Dylan, uh, was telling me the same thing with Gulf Coast Nation. He's like, there's a lot of people that shark fish and not a lot of people that know how to do it right and teach. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, a lot of people don't want to actually, yeah, actually a lot of people don't want to pay for the, you know, the gear, because that gear is not cheap by any means. No, I God, mean, no. I got lots of, lots of money in gear, and my wife rolls her eyes every time I talk about it. How much money we got in the gear, but <laughs> you, that's what you need to have. To, you know, they're landing that big shark without the most healthy way, you know, healthy release and everything. Get that shark in as quick as possible and release it and then swim off in his own power. Yep. And I think that's the one thing a lot of people don't think about when it comes to the shark fishing is the gear. It's not about, hey, I want to fight this thing for an hour. You don't because that is yeah. horrible. Not going to be good. Well, I shouldn't say horrible. It's not good for the shark. Not good for the shark. Not good for anybody that shark fishes recreationally or good good for the fishing community in general. If we have a big shark wash up on the beach, it's not going to be good. No. Well, not at all. And the other piece of this, too, is a lot of you guys that are doing the shark fishing on guiding, and you guys have done this for a while, and you have a network if there's something going on, you know, you know who to talk to. Uh, mm-hmm. But you guys all talk, and you're very well-versed in all the regulations. But a lot of people still... They, they question all these things because they read something on FWC or they took the shark fishing course and it's like, hold up, there's more than just the shark fishing course to this game. Mm-hmm. So There's a lot more. It, yeah, and this is where I'm hoping you'd go with that. So <laughs> what do you think uh, is probably one of the biggest misconceptions people have about shark fishing on that side with a guide? Well, um I guess the biggest thing is they feel like we attract the sharks to the beach, to the area, but in actual reality, there's sharks there 24-7. Yep. 24-7. If there's bait there, if there's any type of fish there swimming, there's going to be shark close by. Um, we have a lot of people coming, uh, tourists come by, like, are you attracting sharks to come in? Like, no, ma'am. 
We don't chum. Just throw the base out there, and the shark pretty much comes and eats it. You know, in Layton's terms, I guess. Yeah, but you guys are also paddling these things out. It's not like you're casting it out you know, thirty feet. Yeah. We, now, granted, we we do catch we do have sharks that come in thirty feet from the shore. I mean, they're not makos. Like, you know, if a mako wanted to, they do sometimes now. Oh, I thought the makos were staying up more poor, more past first bar. I didn't know they were coming in that shallow. But if, if there's bait there, they will come there. I've okay. seen them swimming before. I mean, I don't know about thirty feet. I mean, I, if that gut's deep enough, they will be there. If there's bait there, they're gonna follow it. I yeah. mean, I seen eight foot bull sharks swimming in that first gut with my drone. Wow, you'd be shocked how close they get. I mean, I knew they came close, but I always thought it was right. I mean, at the first bar or just a little in. I didn't realize they'd come that far. I mean, I, but I've seen the smalls. Well, oh yeah, as long as that tie's high enough that if they can make it past that bar, they're gonna go if the bait's there. Okay. Yeah. So when you guys are paddling these kayaks, I mean, you're paddling the bait out there. It's not like you're putting it in the first, you know, for 30 feet. You guys are actually pushing it out, you know, first trough, second trough, you know, 500 yards, 1,000 yards. You you guys are moving it out there to go after what you're going after. It's not not like surf fishing where we're just casting it to the first bar hoping for a pompano. Yeah, we uh we try to stagger our baits in general, you know, different depths to find out where the sharks are cruising. Uh, tide has a lot of factor in that. Current does too. So we usually like to start up, you know, right past second sandbar, drop, go about 100 strokes past that, drop, then so on and so on. We always have one deep drop and one short drop. Yep. And our short drop ranges from about uh, 150 to 250 yards. It depends on how the bars are. Because each beach is different. You know, it changes daily. All right. And something I learned not too long ago, and I don't know if this is a trade secret. If it is, you can tell me, and I'll, I'll move on quickly. What do you do about, what's your uh, approximate soak times? Uh, it depends on time of year and times of bait. Okay. Uh, it's not really a trade. If it's a fish bait in the summertime, crabs are bad out there. We probably change them within the hour, every hour. And uh, if it's a hardy bait like a ray or uh, like another shark, we let that thing. We can let that thing sit. Like I sat on bait for 36 hours before and finally got picked up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a patient game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There it is. If the crabs are bad and it's a fish bait like a bonita or a king, you have to change it pretty frequently. Because they will eat that bait within an hour. It'll be gone. It'll be just straight bones. Wow. I mean, yeah, those crabs are crazy. You don't mess around with crabs. I mean, <laughs> they are they are eating <laughs> yeah. machines. The pig, pig of the ocean, essentially. Oh, yeah. But they are delicious. Yeah. I wish I knew. Unfortunately, well, I do, but I don't want to go back to the doctor. Go visit him. Oh, okay. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah, I'm allergic. I, I lost out on all the fun stuff, which is, you know, it's it's great being the only person in your family when you're in New England that's allergic to shellfish while they're mowing down crabs, shrimp, lobster, and you're just like, this is great. I love my chicken nuggies. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with chicken nuggies now. That's a staple <laughs> in our house. Oh, man, I get that. Especially with kids. It's like, oh, you, oh, want, yeah. you want this? Uh-uh, chicken nuggies. All right, nuggies oh. it is. <laughs> True. Oh, um. So, what? I mean, I'm guessing that you. Were, so, what drove you more to sharks was that first sharp nose. Was there anything else that drove you to it? Well, I just have love for sharks, man. I always okay. been fascinated. Growing up, I wanted to be a marine biologist and study sharks. I mean, I used to read books after books when I was a kid about sharks. And who doesn't want to catch a shark? Yeah. I mean, I do. <laughs> That's the way I think about it. You know, strapping up to against one of the apex predators of the world. And their environment is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the water, they are king. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll admit this that. This is true. Any day. So uh, in, with the catching, so could you run us through, once you catch a 
let's just go with a species you can't keep, a non-keeper. Uh, what What's the process when you get a one of them in? Uh, as soon as we get eyes on it and identify it, I, before this all this happens, we hook up, I go over to the clients, and I tell them, hey, you know, just in case you catch a, um, a prohibited species, I will let you guys know, go ahead and pull out your phones, your cameras, and start recording, because we got to keep this fish in the water at all times. We're going to de-hook it and release it immediately, pretty much all simultaneously. And so pretty much we see the we see the shark, you know, say it's a tiger shark. I grab the leader, I yield to my buddy Carrie, grab, grab the de-hookers on the boat cutters. We go to the shark, de-hook it, turn his head south, and push him out. All like that. That's when we're getting, you know, getting beat up by, you know, tail whips and getting shark rash and everything all in the process as well. Oh, shark <laughs> rash. A lot of people yeah. don't know about shark rash. No, they don't. That skin <laughs> is deadly. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what grit to compare it with. I mean, it's almost like 80 grit. 80 grit? Yeah. yeah, just, yeah 80 grit. So, for, some, go ahead. No, you good. I was just going to say, I mean, you know it better than I do. I, I was just going to say, for anybody that ever wanted to know what shark skin feels like, if you've never felt it, just grab a piece of 80 grit sandpaper and just keep yep. rubbing it on your skin. And there you go. That's exactly what you're feeling. See, what I like to tell the clients, say if you catch a shark that they can take a picture with, like a bull shark or black tip, I tell them to take their hand, and you take your hand from the nose to the tail. It's going to be smooth, nice and silky smooth. But you take that hand, and you go from tail to head, that's when you feel the roughness of the mm-hmm. skin. It's so cool. I don't know what it is about it, too. It's like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I love it. And that's what I think a lot of people think, too, with prohibited species. You know, that that's a lot of the confusion. It's like, oh, well, why can't I beach it? It's like, hold up. You really, you can't. You need to keep the gills in the water. We need to keep these alive. It is not a keep mm-hmm. and hang around game. It's get it the hell back in the water. Yeah. A lot of clients understand that. I never had any problem with that, which is a good thing, you know. The, uh, I try to help me, like, educate them and tell them, like, what happens and why we do this. And, you know, we go through this all before, you know, we actually start fishing, you know. Yeah. The, the more they know, the better and the better they understand. Makes sense. So with these ones, so you catch a, uh, when you catch the prohibited species, you're still tagging though, right? If they're not, if they haven't already got tagged? Uh, most of the time we do. Um, if, if it's like a big hammerhead or something, you know, because those fish actually fight to the pure exhaustion, which leads to death. I don't even bother with tagging. I'm, I just get the hook out and push it out. Just get it out there as quick as possible. Um, I try to tag, but it's not top of priority. When I'm releasing a prohibited species, I want to get that fish back in the water ASAP. So makes sense. So with with say you catch a mako, uh, are you bringing those home? What, what how does it how does that work with a keeping species? Well, it, well, say if it's a mako, mako is different between the black tip. If I catch like a ten foot mako, eight hundred something pounds, me personally, I'm probably going to release it. Just because that's a lot of work, you know, that's yep, a lot of meat that, to clean up. That's a super process up. right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a big process. And it's just such a big, beautiful animal. I just want to see it swim off again, you know. That's a breeder. Yeah. So I would want to see it swim off. Now, if it would be like a nice little, you know, eight-foot skinny male, yeah, he'd probably come home with daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's funny you bring up the breeder once. Um because it's something I've had a conversation with with numerous people when they talk about the black drum. You know, black drum, we, we can have the upper slot if we want. We're allowed one over slot. But mm-hmm. those monster black drum are super breeders. It's like, yes. you, you want to see the population grow? Leave the big ones. They're dumping exactly. eggs and getting us back where we need to be. Smaller ones taste better anyways. Yeah, they're not wormy. Yeah. And <laughs> even with red drum, you know, like the 18, the 22-inch red drum, 
redfish taste so much better than the 25, 26, 27 inch. In my opinion, of course, I mean, there's people that will agree with me and there's guys out there like, oh, no, cut up a nuggets and fries, just as good. But <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just my humble opinion, you know, a lot of people agree, some people disagree. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can really have a whole interesting conversation with people when it comes to fish about flavor and texture oversizes, and it's, it, I think it's endless. I've, yeah, it's I, a big wormhole to jump into. It really is. And granted, I have a crap for a palate. Um, I was actually joking around with Cheyenne uh, not too long ago about it. And uh, she's like, oh, man, you just got to give up salt and sweets for a month and your palate will be replaced. I was like, whoa, whoa, you slow your roll. <laughs> the disrespect on that. <laughs> we are not going down that path, ma'am. <laughs> but she was like, hey, it's your choice. But it was funny. Um, she did, you know, her... Uh, and several others have told me, like, yeah, there's a, there's a difference when it comes to texture and flavor. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to hear the people that can actually feel that and taste it, and they know that they know the difference. It's really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. It is. And also bleeding fish, man. If you're yeah. going to harvest a fish, if you bleed it, it makes a night, night and day difference when you harvest a fish. You bleed it, put it on ice, and you take a fish, and you don't bleed it, put it on ice, you can taste the difference, you can see the difference. That's yeah. why every time I harvest fish, I bleed them. The seeing one, I've definitely agreed. Flavor, I, I'm going to check. I'm going to try to learn something on that this year. I've been, I, I've been doing something new with for me. Uh, when I cook, I'm cooking everything on the blackstone just because I'm cheating, uh, and the wife really likes blackstone. it when I cook outside. I love the blackstone. Oh, it's a great little thing, ain't it? Damn man. Yeah, got one for Father's Day. Nice. Dad likes. <laughs> so. Um, this year I, I did that catfish catch and cook because people are like, oh, it's a trash fish. I'm like, it tastes fine. But what I've noticed I've started doing is if I get a, a decent one for me, I'll cut it into threes and I'll do, you know, nothing on it. Just give me a straight fish cooked. Let me try it. Let me test it in its, in its raw environment. A little bit of Everglades mm-hmm. on one and then maybe some flavor god, garlic or lemon pepper on the other. And it, I, I did notice a difference, but... <laughs> It's it, it's still something to be said. It's like, look, you, you know, everything can be different. But with a bluefish, oh, man, totally different ballgame. Blue meat. Oh, yeah. And then it turns white. And you're like, all right. I mean, looks good. It, it tastes wonderful. Yeah, bluefish is underrated, man. People sleep on it. They can sleep on it. I'll take them home every day. You don't want that? Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Give, give <laughs> it here. Right? They're, they're great bait, too, though. Great bait. I've heard with the oil, uh, they're a lot like mullet with the oily leg uh, for release. Yeah, very almost like a mackerel too. Very oily. Makes great black tip bait for sure for cast outs. <laughs> See, and that that's the part I was gonna get to. So when it comes to the smaller ones with the cast out, um we're talking, you know, reasonable difference here. We're talking the black tips, three, four footers ish like mm-hmm. that. The they love fish heads. Like Pompano, uh whiting, they really go after those, huh? hundred percent, yeah. And what's in the surf is what they're eating. Like what's whiting, pompano, little rays. They if you put a crab out there, a big blue crab or a speckled crab, you probably get eight too. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Those, those are little black tips. They don't play. <clears throat> and they're awesome to catch. They're so acrobatic. I love it. Nothing like catching a black tip on spinning gear. <laughs> I've never. So I haven't caught a black tip yet, unfortunately. So everyone tells me if you get one, enjoy it because they're delicious. Yeah, they're delicious and they're a fun fight. Like, what you need to do every time you go surfing, especially late spring in the summertime, always take one of your rods, put cup bait, and go cast out. It's going to happen. No kidding. All right, game on. God, I can't wait for spring. I can't wait for 65. I can't wait for, like, 68-degree water. 
It's getting close, man. It's getting close. It's, it's like that. It's like December first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, just let it be Christmas. <laughs> the wait is horrible. <laughs> it really is. So, what type of fishing do you like to do on your own when you're not doing guiding? Oh, kayak fishing. Um, offshore kayak fishing. That that's always going to be my like true love. You know, that's what got me into like kayak fishing big time. As love going offshore in a kayak. Come on, my favorite. Talk about talk about the fish. Mm, what fish do I like to target <laughs> offshore? Mahi mahi, uh-huh. There it is. Cobia. You name it, man. I love it. What'd you What'd you get this year? What's been your proudest moment so far for uh, offshore kayak? Well, this year, um, it's probably when I lo- bittersweet moment when I lost that black fin. Uh-huh. That was that was horrible. My buddy and my my like if you've seen that video. My buddy Carrie, he's the one that he's my partner, helps me in my charters. He was in my actual powder kayak, I kayak baits out with. And he's over there landing blackfin at the blackfin. It's making me look like a pure Guggen. <laughs> 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 and I overhooked one. I was like, oh, it's my time to shine, baby. Let's go. And uh, ended up gaffing this, this giant blackfin in the stomach. I missed the head. And he went absolutely crazy going in figure eights and started tipping my kayak. Almost tipped because I have like 40 pounds of tuna in my fish bag all leaned to one side. I'm all leaned to one side. Fish is leaned to one side. And it was just, just a bad bad time at that mm. point. And he ended up pulling hook, pulling gaff, and has a giant hole in his stomach and probably got ate by Mako that I should have caught too. <laughs> that I should have caught too. <laughs> nice ad. <at> the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a rough year for Mako Sharkin though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's about average, man. Makos are... Kind of like a diamond in a rough, I guess you can say. I mean, if you spend enough time out there, you're eventually gonna it's gonna happen. But there's been there's been a few caught, and a lot of people that catch them they like to keep it a secret because they don't want half of Texas and half of South Florida coming up there trying to catch their mako too. Because you can notice we get a lot of uh, people from different states trying to come catch a fish. Yeah, I've seen some of the Texas guys come in. Um, who was the big? Oh my gosh, I know his name. I follow him, and I can't remember his name. He's the rapper. He's the singer. Uh, Adam J. Yeah, Adam J. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen him come up here. Of course, I never got to meet him because I saw his post a couple days later. I'm like, that's smart, man. Post you here when you're not here. Well played. But mm-hmm. yep. they'll travel in. They sure will. As soon as I heard that first Mako call there, like, why don't rice? Bam, they're all out <laughs> here. Them are big trucks. That's uh, kind of like, too, what happened with the tuna this year at the Navarre Pier. You know, they were quiet oh, about yeah. it. And then all of a sudden it got out on the social media the next day. The octagon was a mess. But it's probably one of the best tuna years we've ever seen, though. That was that was awesome. That's what I heard, and they're here late. That that was the other part. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, they're normally never here right now. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, something pushed them in. Something changed in the water. I'm not sure what it is. I'm try- I was looking at water temps and everything to see. I heard there's a lot of them in Hayden that's bait, though, too, as well. Up in the up over there, and the, like by the beach, like uh, right by the pier, so that I could have pushed them over there too. Yeah, going after their food source. Ain't no time. Yeah, ain't no time. There's a lot of variables when it comes to that because they like blue water too, like any other pelagic fish. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. gonna have some good ones this year. I mean, hell, the squid are starting to show up, so that means the kings are gonna start coming. Oh. And if the kings start getting First here, first king was caught today in Panama City. Was it? Damn. Mm-hmm. I'm I mean, that don't really mean that don't really mean anything. It's gonna be a while before we start getting them. Them king runs, you know, them schoolies and everything coming in. You got to get that water up to, like, almost 70 degrees. 71, 72 is when really kingfisher really pops off, especially in the kayak and everything. Yeah. On the surf I'm one. I'm not getting too many secrets. I need, I need to be quiet. 
<laughs> I mean, it's not like we're recording this or anything. Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's okay. No. We're just, just a conversation amongst friends. It's okay. It's okay. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> well, with the Kings, too, I mean, from the surf side, we, that with the Kings are coming, that means the Spanish are coming. You know, we're getting oh, all yeah. the mackerel. We're getting all these species back, and it's just, it, it's going to be great. The springtime here in the Panhandle is always... It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's dynamite fishing. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Once you see the Spanish and ladyfish in the surf, you know it's game on. Oh, the ladies. God, I love that fight. Mm, they're so funny. You ever caught one on a fly rod yet? No, no. That's fun now. That is fun. So I'm. it's an episode that's coming up. I get a, uh, We just got a really good uh, fly fisherman who just moved here uh, from Colorado. He's been getting after it. And uh, we're going to talk soon it's about like an it. art. That's what he was telling me, and I'm, I, all I can think is like, how do you fly fish from the friggin' surf? And then I start seeing it more and more, and people start talking about the fight. And I'm like, all right, shut up and take my money. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's get something else. Let's get more expensive in the hobby. <laughs> the wife doesn't need to see the fly rod because I know if she sees, oh, she, she she'll know what the price is. Oh yeah, it's not cheap by any means. So you've been doing much fly fishing? Um, no, not really. My my buddy Carrie, you know, that he fly used to fly fish up in New York all the time. He's the one that showed and got me into it and got me on my first lady fish and we'll set up for a charter. You know, we got everything set up, baits out, and wait for the clients to get there and we start fly fishing and surf and bam, so I hook up lady fish up to lady fish. I was like, Man, this is awesome. Oh dude, those are fun. They're great cut bait too. They're really good. Oh, cut amazing. Bait. Amazing cut bait. For reds and sharks. Yeah. So what uh, you, you were saying you use your drone for, uh, you know, doing some scouting too. Uh, and that mm-hmm. kind of brings me into the point of back to guiding here. So what do you think is one of the main advantages of hiring a guide to shark fish? Mm, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, I would have to say knowledge is one. You get to learn a lot on how they fish. And also you don't have to pay for the gear to do it right too. Also, it's one of the main, main things. That gear is extremely expensive. If you ever price the, Actual 80 wide or 130, they're well over $1,000. Um, just for the real. That's not even including line or the custom rod and everything you need to have done for it. And also, a lot of people are kind of sketchy, you know, when handling sharks. You know, you people, when they hit a shark, land a shark, and they never shark fish before, they land a shark, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if it's prohibited. I don't know if I need to keep it in the water. How do I get the hook out? And that's where we come in. We tell them to stay back, take pictures. We can hook the shark, release it, and, and be on his happy way. So when it comes to doing a charter, what, what's about the normal timeline you're looking at? Because I know you did one the other night. We were talking a little bit back and forth. We were texting, doing some planning. What is a normal mm-hmm. charter timeline? Like what time we start or like yeah, what time yeah. of the year? Yeah, uh, time you start. Um, it, uh, usually in the wintertime from fall, like uh, late fall, we start at 5. Because <clears throat> there's hardly nobody. Nobody's on the beach. It's too cold, you know. Then we go from 5 to 11. And during the summer months, it's a little later. Sometimes we go at 6, start at 6. Sometimes we start at 7 because we don't like to put no baits in the water until that beach is pretty much clear. If, it's, if there's people swimming, we're not going to put baits in the water just right. because that of pure respect. You know, just tourists out there swimming with their kids, and they see us dropping a 20-pound a Jack Cavell head all bloody. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? My kids swimming here, you know. It's, it's, it's bad for business, in my opinion. That's why we try to be most respectful to everybody around when we drop baits. So would you say the shark fishing is more active? I mean, is better at night anyway. Um, actually, more tide dependent. In my my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, we could catch them in the day all day. It wouldn't be a problem. But just the fact that it's people out there swimming and having a good time, you don't want to do that. 
Um, I like fishing at night and less people on the beach. Now, when it comes to like moon phases, full moon, if there's a full moon, I'm gonna be on the beach at night all day. That gets them fired <laughs> up because you get you get the strongest tide movements and there's light out there you can see. Because you ever been on the beach at night in Pensacola Beach with the full moon, that whole beach is lit up. If it's a clear night, it's almost like it's daytime out because that's that yeah. sun kind of reflects the moon. Yeah, it's almost like it, it really. I think I only saw it about five or six times last year, but it, it was literally like, man, I should wear sunglasses. It is crazy how bright it gets for yeah, us it is. here. It's actually really beautiful, too, because when you get like farther down to the National Seashore, like right on the edge, you know, there's really hardly no light pollution at all. You just look up and you see shooting stars and you see the moon, and all of a sudden that rear starts screaming and you get all excited. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Screaming real. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, uh, when it comes, so I know you run light and drag, um, and it was something I learned not too long ago. So when you're running the lights and the drag, what is you know what do you normally see? Is the shark grab and kind of come in a little bit, and then you always notice the light dragging, or is it it just could be dealer's choice? He might just go for a run. It's always dealer choice. Oh, it depends on the shark, you know. Sandbars, you know. Use a lot of times you see that light to slowly drop and hit the sand. You reel up the slack a little bit without, like you know, let them know you're on that reel. And all of a sudden he turns and head south, and that reel starts screaming and set the strike and hold on. <laughs> Time to ride a lightning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I can only imagine the fun that goes with that. So besides when you're going on the shark one, um, I know you do some surf fishing as it is. Uh, but mm-hmm. of all your types of fishing that you do, what is your favorite fish to catch? Of all time, that's a good question. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you you got all facets covered too, dude. So this is going to be a fun I mean, one for you. Sharks, sharks is going to be it's like I love catching shark. I mean, uh, my favorite shark. I actually caught personally the hammerheads. They just fight so dang hard. They scream like we set our drags around 60, 55 to sixty-five pounds, just that strike. And when you get into a big hammer and you set that drag and he keeps on peeling it like you're in free school, ah, there's nothing, nothing that can beat that. <laughs> but also another fish I like targeting, targeting out of a kayak it would have to be either tarpon or mahi, man, or any pelagic, you know, trolling. It's just something about when you catch a kingfish or mahi and they just start dumping drag or you hook into a tarpon and he makes you look like a little girl around the bridges. It's a, uh, it's fun. Takes you for a ride. Yeah, it, it really humbles you real quick. Oh, I can imagine. So last year, um, as it passed, or I, I was wondering if this is an annual thing for you. You did a veterans event. Yes, sir. So was that an annual? Can you tell us about it? Well, um, I had some, uh, it's called Real Heroes. They hit me up and asking, hey, um, you guys mind taking some veterans out? I was like, I'd be more than happy to. And, um, of course, you know, we're not going to charge them or anything. Um, and we end up, end up talking about it. I think this is our second year that we did it, and we just uh like every year on Veterans Day we take like five or six veterans out to shark fish. They get up with real heroes, and we take them shark fishing. Nice, dude. I mean, it's it's good to get back to the military. I mean, they do so much for us, anyways. So much sacrifice. I grew up as a military brat, and I'm proud, you know, to be you know an American, you know, support the USA and everything. So it's the least I can do. You're a good dude. That's good stuff, man. And that's Real Heroes, R-E-E-L, not R-E-L, not R-E-A. Yes, right? R-E-E-L, yes. So let's finish here. Let's, let's find, find, uh, find into the fun stuff. Uh, what do you attribute people coming to shark, uh, surf fishing? Uh, what, what's, what seems to be the big appeal of coming to that? 
coming to surf fishing. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you think the reason is? So many people are all of a sudden surged now. The big surge to us hmm. coming into the surf fishing um, world. Probably Bama Beach Bone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Matt is really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but honestly, man, it's not. I mean, it's it's you can anybody can do it. Honestly, I mean, uh, you can bring your wife, your kids, and everything. That's all like surf fishing. Like every time popular season comes out. Me and the wife and the girls would go to the beach, throw some lines out, and try to catch a pompano. I mean, it's nothing relaxing to sitting on the beach, watching the waves crash while your little girl builds sandcastles and you rolling them pompanos. <clears throat> I just feel like it's like everybody can relate and do it, you know. You don't have to buy a big boat, expensive boat, expensive reels, expensive rigs. Yeah, good call. With that also, you make up a, you, I didn't bring it up, but now I want to. You just got back from a trip. Oh yeah, <laughs> we got we got a butt's handed to us on that trip too. Oof, it was rough. Oh, you talking about the South Florida one, or are you talking about last night? Oh, in the South Florida. One. Okay, yeah. Okay, what, what trip are you talking about? That's what I was trips? talking about with South Florida. I'm like, wait, what happened last night? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was just cold. Yeah, it was. I can only imagine that. Ugh, that was what our 28 night. Uh, or no, no, it wasn't the 28 last night. It was the night before. So what happened with South Florida? Because I mean, you caught you caught some mark you caught some fish that were on your list to finally catch. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had to end up switching plans. You we went down there first looking for big hammerhead sharks, following that black tip migration down south. And we had a small weather window to fish. The coast had got there, and Mother Nature was uh, the weather channel was wrong. Um, it was blowing Shocking. like twenty five. Yeah, it was at first it was good. You know, we got got a baits out and. Uh, we end up having like a grass problem, like in South Florida, like grass problem we never heard of. You know, like June grass around here is. Yeah. This is like on a different level. It was like ten times worse, but it was purple. What purple? And, uh, yeah, we had one pound, pretty much spunkin' weights. One pound spunkin' weights dug in the sand and get so much grass it would take our baits and pull them, and pretty much be on the beach in no time. Holy crap, dude! That sucks. Then the wind started blowing like 25 plus from the east with six to seven foot waves out there. And I was like, oh, this is not going to work. We're not about to kayak in this. And uh, so we decided to switch gears. We started trying to fish in inlets and everything. Then we decided to go to the canals and everything, look up the peacock bass and other invasive species around that area, which is my favorite part of the trip. <laughs> and you caught. You caught yeah, a peacock. We all did. And you caught, yeah. uh, what was the other one you caught? A clown knife fish. That thing looks weird as hell, man. The things are wicked, but it's such a crazy fishery, man. Because we we were like, I think I was running on maybe two hours of sleep. So I was probably up for maybe like 26 hours, and we have to go fish for those fish really late at night. I can't give the location and everything, but we have to. And you got to fish, use live bait. And I stayed up, lack of sleep, and I ended up finally landing one. And I was so pumped about it. It was a good size one, too. Yeah, that thing wasn't small. No, not at all. Nothing. Caught it around little bridges, and that thing was whooping my butt around that bridge. It's almost like a little tarpon. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Thanks, buddy. I you appreciate got, it. You got some good ones there. Yeah, for sure. So what is it? Tip? Not... Oh, go ahead. No, no. That's, I was just glad to get him off my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Allison uh, Statner, real love, we talked last week, and uh, she kind of reopened my eyes to the Florida Catch a Memory program, uh, and she was telling me about the – the 50 lifetime list. Have you ever mm-hmm. looked at that to try to do that? No, I haven't. Dude, it's intense. 
actually, first, actually first time hearing about this. It kind of got, got my attention. Ah, so apparently, uh, Florida Catch a Memory, uh, that's our awesome one here. I guess it was started for kids, but we, anyone can do it. Apparently, they have a life list, a lifetime list of 50 fish, but there's also another one for 75. There's only five people on that list that have caught all 50. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly, dude. I was like, okay. Is that a challenge? Oh, are you kidding? Don't even. Yes. (laughs) Of course it is. Personal and professional on all levels. I mean, I looked at it. I got mine. I've actually got my laminated one ordered. Not me. Oh, nice. (laughs) But the idea of it was like, damn, this is going to be fun. Um, so I was actually, I was wondering if that was something you were chasing, but now you are. Congratulations, bro. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. You need to send me that link when you, uh, after this, um, this podcast, so I can look into this. Yes, sir. That will happen. I will send that over to you. All right. So let's, uh, let's get this a little bit more closed up for you here. So what's a tip you would want someone that's going to start surf fishing that's never done it before? What is something you wish they would do or know before they even put a line in the water? Ooh. Hmm. Put me on a the spot there. Yeah, buddy. What's, what's, a, what's, what's a good thing? Hmm. I guess the first thing to do is uh, understand, I guess, surf fishing courtesy, I would I would assume. Um, don't uh, don't set up next to somebody that's already surf fishing. At least try to go at least 100 yards down the beach or so. Or if there's people swimming, try to get away from them and, you know, do your own thing. Try to find an empty beach if you can. That probably the only thing I could think of right offhand. I love it, dude. Be good. Yeah, <clears throat> but I feel like that doing that kind of helps there because you know there's always people that get irritated. You sit up right next to somebody, you know. There's we got plenty of beach, enough room for everybody. Some sometimes you might have to walk. Sometimes you you find a good spot, but if you have to walk, make the walk. It's usually worth it. Yeah, and we do have a great advantage over most fisheries with the national seashore. Yes, yes, yes. We sure do. You can walk for a mile. Don't worry. You'll be away from somebody. I promise. I promise. Eventually you will. <laughs> Eventually. So when uh, for Navarre Beach shark fishing, what area do you service? Uh, from Pensacola Beach all the way to Navarre. Okay. And are you and you're taking bookings now for the summer? What do you, what are you taking bookings for right now? Um, March is booked up. I can't take no more in March. So <laughs> April, April all the way to the end of the year. Yep. I'm taking books. So I, I'm getting dates, you know, here and there, here and there for each other month, but I'm not fully booked a month yet besides March. Once people start getting their vacation and, and everything, you know, when they're going to take the summer break, it's when we're going to start, you know, balls to the wall, ready to go, surf trip after surf trip after surf trip. Nice, man. Well, so what's the next big thing you're hoping for with Navarre Beach shark fishing? Uh, well, I'm, I'm loving where I'm at now, man. I feel like we're doing great. Uh, customers seem very happy, but the next thing uh, – I mean, eventually the goal is to go full-time, be a full-time guide. That's the ultimate goal. But right now, I'm just taking it stride by stride. It's a big jump to do, especially when you have a family and that's like relies on your income and everything from my, my day job. But that's actually the ultimate goal, to do what you love for a living. I think that's everybody's goal yeah. in life. True that. Thank you so yes, much, sir. Jack. I really appreciate it. So, again, everybody, you can find Jack. Go Give us all the, give us all the handles, man. Um, Yakima Jack on YouTube, Yakima Jack on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm all there. You can't miss it. I'm the, I'm the guy in the kayak most of the time <laughs> or on the beach. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. I really do. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I look forward to seeing you. I know we'll catch up. 
Oh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, man. We'll talk soon. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Jack, I know we went a little all over the place with different stuff here, but Jack really does know his stuff. He's a hell of an angler on all aspects. And if you got questions, I know he'll answer them. Uh, he's answered them for me before, before we even had this podcast. And he's just an all-around awesome guy. So if you want to get in on some shark fishing, by all means, take a look. Get in touch with him. Um, if you want to see about some other stuff with kayak, I'm sure you can send him a message. He might have some info for you there. But uh, if you want to learn, great place to start so all right everybody i appreciate you coming around this week again this week's episode was provided to you by rogue reels yeah all his fishing reels so roguereelsfishing.com a lots of good stuff there so go take a look i appreciate you i'm glad you were here thanks for spending this time with us we'll see you next week on finding demo surf fishing go forth do good things we'll see you i'm out (laughs) 